You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Battle Red Nation, to another episode of Locked On Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy featuring my dog, who is uh, right here. Kofi is making an appearance on today's show. He's in the sideline background, rather. But this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Happy to be back on this Friday uh, where we are getting closer and closer to the possible return of the NFL. And I always, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to say possible until I see it with everything happening in the world every day. There's something new. There's more cases. There are more NBA players popping up with coronavirus cases, uh, NFL players popping up. And so, you know, I'm going to continue to say possible. But I, I right now I'm hopeful. The NFL is doing everything that they possibly can. You guys, some of you guys who listened to the show and saw the tweet this morning, you love the idea of, you know, cutting the games down from 16 to 12 or, you know, around there and get, using those, <clears throat> excuse me, using those extra weeks for prep time, so to speak. You guys kind of love that idea. And here's another idea because today's Friday and this is where we open up the mailbag for the fans and, what will the Texans possibly do with that third running back spot? Um, we know that Duke and David Johnson occupy the 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 first two spots on the depth chart currently. Uh, but what can they do with that third round? Not third round. I'm sorry. That third roster spot for running back. Also, you know, I had an opportunity to go back and rewatch the Texans Saints game, and I gotta tell you, man, there are some things that I saw that. Just like what we talked about when it actually happened last year, if they can continue some of the things that they did in that game on both sides of the ball, man, this team can be very good, very good. But here's a good question from the mailbag for Friday. Scotty Phillips, you know, Cody, you did an amazing article on him, the running back that was undrafted. And the question is, what is more likely, Scotty Phillips makes the active roster or Lamar Miller returns on a one-year contract? I'm going to have to go with Scotty Phillips, you know, because first of all, this is a team, Duke Johnson, David Johnson. You don't really know what to expect from that backfield. Rather they stay healthy or they just fall short of expectations. Everyone, it, it's hard to say who's going to be the number one running back going into the season, but I'm just going to go with David Johnson off the simple off the simple fact that he has had the most talented career to this point, and he can. Okay. What'd you say? I think Duke will, but okay. No, I, like, like I, I said, I mean, it, it's basically pick your potion. Whoever you want to go with, I'm going to go with David Johnson, like I said, just because – you know, he's an all-pro running back. He Well, he was an all-pro running back. You know, he still hasn't returned to form. And if he does return to the 2016 form, then, you know, he's, I mean, kudos to him and the Texans. But if he falls short of expectations, and Duke Johnson, to me, is not a guy that you're going to have as your primary back, I'm not too sure that the Texans are going to turn around and sign another guy coming off an ACL injury to replace 
that one of the Johnson brothers if they fall short of expectations. I don't see that because everyone knows that the Texans are in a position where they cannot afford to fall short of their expectations. They cannot afford to go through the 2020 season as a mediocre team. They're going to need all hands on deck and they're going to and they're going to have to be stack quality production in every single position on this team. With that being said, Scotty Phillips was a steal. This is a guy who was projected to fall somewhere between the 5th and the 7th round of the, of the 2020 NFL draft. And he fell to the Texans as an undrafted rookie free agent. He was one of the best running backs in college football the year before. The only reason why he did not live up to the high expectation that Ole Miss in 2019 is because he was sharing the backfield with another running back. Um, I forget his name, the running back for Ole Miss right now. He's a five-star recruit as a freshman. And both of those guys split times in the backfield at Ole Miss. That's the only reason why his numbers as a senior did not live up to his numbers as a junior. But, I mean, Scotty Phillip has it all. This this guy has a lot of potential. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I don't see the Texans bringing back Lamar Miller um, simply because I think the time has come and gone, and that's okay. You know, when I spoke to Lamar Miller uh, back last year, he wanted to return. He sounded hopeful, but I think he also knew how the business works. Uh and, and, and that's just a part of life when it comes to the NFL. So uh, everybody, you know, can't really control their own destiny like that. But that's okay. And I think with Scotty Phillips, you have somebody who's a younger. Um, like you mentioned, you don't want to have to deal with bringing somebody back into the fold that you just, you know, really released and made that trade for last minute for Carlos Hyde due to that ACL injury. And I will say this: the one time, you know. Uh, Scotty Phillips played in the NRG Stadium back in 2018 in the Texas kickoff rival, uh, the Texas kickoff versus Texas Tech. He had 16 carries, 204 yards, and two touchdowns. And so we know the Houston Texans do their due diligence when it comes to scouting. I'm sure they saw that game among with others and thought to themselves, he is somebody. We can get him in like we did undrafted seven round. However, that late in the game, he's somebody that could possibly make a difference. And I think, I think his upside is, you know, higher than Buddy House. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that's what we are right now. I wouldn't bring back Lamar Miller unless you're so confident in what he can do. Also, unless uh, injury happens to the first two starters, right? Because I think Scotty Phillips would be perfect for that third running back role. And we, we'll keep him around if you want to keep him around. If he makes the roster, that's a that's a question as well. Like, will he make the roster? And I think he will because I think his upside is higher than Buddy Howell's. If not, then he'll be around maybe with the practice squad. Who knows? But uh, if something happens to Duke or David Johnson, then I think that's when you look at or Lamar Miller or any other veteran running back out there to bring in because you need him immediately. I don't think that the use or need for Scotty Phillips would be so immediate that – uh, well, I'm sorry, the use or need for Lamar Miller would be so immediate that you bring him in over the Scotty Phillips or Buddy Howe. So um, I'm, I'm going with Scotty. I'm going with Scotty. I want to let you guys know about Rock Auto. With every increasing number of makes, whether it's Fiat, Kia, or Cadillac models, Specifica EX5, and models like Specifica and the XT5, 
It's now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, is your Odyssey an LX or EX? And wait while the counterman orders a parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Hmm? That's kind of played out. It's 2020. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and you will see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. You know, as hopeful that I am, I will say that the Houston Texans players are continuously working out with one another. Deshaun Watson yesterday was getting some workout in. He posted that on his Instagram story. Kiki QT. Uh, Vincent Smith, they have been working, you know, very diligently hard throughout, throughout this uh, offseason, and they, they are continuously working hard. So everybody is really, you know, staying ahead of the curve when it comes to staying in some type of football shape. And I want to give kudos to our Houston Texans on doing that. Also, just to kind of give you guys an update uh, on the edge rusher position when it comes to free agency. Currently, Jadavian Clowney is still available. Everson Griffin is still available. Marcus Golden is still available. Clay Matthews, Michael Bennett, Terrell Suggs, Ziggy Ansah, who I think we can, you know, use him, uh, bring him in cheap, won't cost any money. I think he can be very useful here in Houston. Jabal Sheard is also, um, also, also, I think can be very useful because he can play multiple positions across the uh, defensive line. And Vinnie Curry, all of those guys are still available, still available as free agents right now. And, and I got to say, I, I think if we do have this season, considering, you know, Ross Blacklock and Jonathan Grenard, they haven't touched. They haven't touched an NFL field when it comes to actually getting some meaningful uh, reps in. And all of these guys are vets. I think they can add some, you know, vet leadership to the culture here in Houston at that with JJ Watt. A lot of these guys are fairly uh, not that injury prone. And so just to update on who's out there, just in case the Houston Texans would like to, you know, bulk up that defensive front. Welcome back guys. I really appreciate you sticking around. Uh, making it throughout a uh, very difficult week for some of us. It's been a very slow week. News when it comes to what's going on uh, with the Houston Texans specifically. The NFL has been able to give us some content, uh, which I'm very appreciative of. And, you know, if the NFL is giving us content, that means we can use it for the Houston Texans. Uh, but I thought, you know, now that I'm on on the sideline right now, I'm on injury reserve due to – uh, the sickness. Um, I, I had opportunity yesterday to just sit down and watch an old game, and that's when I—that's what I did with the Houston Texans versus the Saints. Uh, what was it Monday night? Monday night football to kick off the year. As you guys know, the Texans lost that game, but they were up majority of that game. 
And uh, you know, Cody, there's a couple of things that I, I just kind of wanted to discuss because optimism is a lifesaver, right? And I say that because if you're optimistic about things, you can kind of view whatever you're optimistic about differently depending on the way of the mirror that, well, the, the side of the mirror that you're standing on. And, you know, th- there's a couple of things that I liked and that I hated. The first thing that I liked is, which is going to go right into what I hated, the first half for the Houston Texans offensively, the creativity. Uh, and, and let me say this, considering Laramie Tunsil did not get a offseason. Howard, Titus Howard was also out that game due to injury. And so Central Henderson started. Uh, Clemente got some some reps in uh, offensively when it comes to the offensive line. The variations of players that, you know, a, appeared in that game off on the offensive line was is way too many. And I think Deshaun got sacked six times, something along those lines. Um, but with that being said, and what prompted me to go watch that game was from A, I was bored. But two, I wanted to kind of see the difference between games offensively and to, to see the creativity and, and how that'll go along with what we saw last year and how we can envision what this offense can be this year, especially considering the departure of DeAndre Hopkins and how will this offense be able to utilize all of these talents that we have. And one thing that I will say is in that game, in that first half, it was on full display. It was on full display. I mean, we saw a lot of things that, you know, was able to do a few things. Kind of open up the offense, right? You open up the offense, which you play against Drew Brees. If you have an open open offense, you kind of level your playing field a little bit. But it did mask, for the most part, the the non-offseason for Larry Tunsil, the inabilities of Central Henderson and Clemente and the, the offensive line problems that, you know, honestly could have been worse if it didn't do a good job of uh, hiding. Oh, man, what am I trying to say? It did a very good job of hiding the inabilities of what the offensive line could and couldn't do for that game. Uh, it got the ball out. It had a lot of misdirections in that game. And defensively on the other side, Whitney Merciless was on a tear. Uh, collectively as a whole, I mean, we know how bad Aaron Coburn was in that game, and he got released a few days later. But collectively as a whole, defensively, the intensity was through the roof. And that leads me to what I really hated. And the Texans had, you know, they have had an issue with this really for years now, years. Getting up comfortably and becoming conservative. That's, you know, one thing that I think when you analyze what you have offensively and also when you consider the offseason that you had or did not have, lack thereof, you know, you cannot take your foot off the gas on either side of the ball. And when I watched that Saints game, that's where they lost it. They were up primarily uh, for the entire game, you know, came back and then 42 seconds left, you hit a dagger to Kenny Steele's. Kaimi, Kaimi Fairbairn missed the kick, but roughing the kicker brought him back. So he was able to actually make the second PAT 
goes up 28-27, but I think if the Texans kept their foot on the on the on the pedal, mashed the gas, they would have never been in that position. Now, mind you, they did play a very good Saints offense, a very good Saints team, and defensively, the Saints had a very good game. Uh, Deshaun Watson did some things in that game that I think really hurt them, but at the end of the day, he did the one thing that, you know, if if it wasn't for Aaron Coven, you win the game with 42 seconds left, uh, a huge, beautiful pass to Kenny Seals. And so mentioning Kenny Seals, right, let's, let's just take away – DeAndre Hopkins in the over 100 yards he had in that game. Because we know he's gone. Let's let that go. But Kenny Steele's had a very good game. Will Fuller had a very good game. And so I think with the offense that we have right now with the receiving core, along with Duke and David Johnson, because they will be very integral parts of what this team does passing, those numbers alone that DeAndre Hopkins gave will be replicated in multiple hands and outside of those multiple hands that pick up that slack, then you also have other hands that can really do well in a Tim Kelly offense because we've seen it before. And the skill set of all of these players, it just matches. It just matches and it fits right now. And I want to go back and watch that game because that was one of those games where it was a lot of explosiveness. It was a lot of head scratchers. But ultimately, you were able to see what this team can do offensively when there's some creativity and defensively as well. You know, John, when you told me that you was actually watching, you know, that that particular game, I actually went back and watched that 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 same broadcast myself. And I've actually had a different a little tiny different perspective from you, because, John, you was looking at it from a standpoint of how explosive the Texans offense could be. But I was looking at it from a standpoint of I'm kind of glad this one change was made. Now, I hope I don't get killed for this, but the more I think about it, I understand a little bit more why DeAndre Hopkins is gone. And I know I might get killed for this. And, John, you might disagree with me. But I do believe we all know in 2019 and in 2018, the Texans had a hard time trying to hold on to big leads. And just like this game against the New Orleans Saints, they had a pretty they had a pretty good comfortable lead, but they blew it. Part of the reason why they blew it was because DeAndre Hopkins was too much of the Texans offense. You look at the stats, you say Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, you you said they had a good game. I bet the different. I don't think they had that much of a good game. And I only say that because both of those guys, they came up big. Will Fuller had a big play. Kenny Steele, Kenny Steele's arguably almost had the game-winning touchdown, the game-winning drive, um, you know, before the Saints came back with 40 seconds left and one by a field goal. But when you take a look at they, when you take a look at their numbers, DeAndre Hopkins this game had eight catches for 111 yards. Will Fuller and Kenny Steele had a combined five catches for 106 yards. Me personally, I want more. And when you take a look at that game. DeAndre Hopkins was on it in the first half. Coming into the second half, the Saints defense started putting Hopkins in a box a little bit more. He wasn't as explosive in the second half, and that's when the Texans started to struggle. Now you're looking at it from a standpoint where Hopkins no longer on his team. You have multiple guys where it's going to be hard 
for them to for it's going to be hard for the Texans and Deshaun Watson to say that's my guy. If Will Full is your number one target in the first half, and let's say for example, the Saints put Will Will Fuller in a box in the second half, you also got Brandon Cooks. You also got Randall Cobbs, two other guys who can light you up in the in the second half. I that that was my biggest takeaway from this game, the fact that. Once a team focused solely and completely on stopping DeAndre Hopkins, that was the main reason why the Texans lost this game. And that was part of the reason why they lost a lot of games, not just this, not not just in 2019, but in 2018 as well. You take that out of the equation. You just have a lot of more guys, a lot of reliable target options that they that they can go out and use. And another big takeaway that I took from this game is the fact that I do believe the Texans secondary is going to be a hell of a lot better than it was in week one of the 2019 season. You're in this game. They gave up a total of 370 receiving yards. Two guys, Michael Thomas and Ted Glenn Jr. Both had over 100 receiving yards. If they were to play this same game today, I highly that well, Michael Thomas is going to get his numbers. There's no, there's no stopping Michael Thomas. But you now have a guy in Lonnie Johnson Jr. who didn't even play this game, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. If he did, it's probably one snap or one drive. But Lonnie Johnson Jr. is coming back better. Justin Reed is coming back better. You now have Vernon Hargraves and Gary on Conley. Those four guys right there, they're going to be able to make sure that a team like the New Orleans Saints, who has an explosive offense, they're going to make sure that a team do not record over 300 and something receiving yards on them. So that was another takeaway I took from that. The fact that you now have an improving, a much better version of your secondary makes me kind of happy to see what's in store for 2020. (laughs) Because, John, I highly doubt with those four guys on the field, however you want to play them, I highly doubt they're not going to give up over 300 and something receiving yards. That secondary was atrocious in that very first game. Yeah, so bad that Aaron Coven got released a couple of days later. <laughs> like after the first game, and what, like I said, hey, that's bad. what makes me a lot. That's what makes me happy, and that's what makes me excited to see how great this secondary is going to be. Because you have two guys who's young, and I feel they're going to be at the top of their positions within the next two to three seasons, then you have another two guys in, in Conley and Hargraves who they're not at the top of their position. They're not at the top of their position, but they are pretty solid defensive backs where I don't see the Texans struggling the way they did against the Saints. Wow. We have some very interesting news to close out the show and we've already done our show but we we this is came this came on late so we we're, we're just getting this in to make sure we talk about it in today's show but according to a guy by the name of Ben Stevens he's a part of the Lock, Locked On Big 10 right here in our network. Um he has reported that the Houston Texans are in talks with Antonio Brown as a possible landing spot during the 2020 season. Stevens continued in his tweet, no deal is on the table yet, but the Texans are doing their due diligence. Wow, John. Antonio Brown and the Houston Texans. Now, 
We don't know how much of this is true, but what we do know, if Antonio Brown can stay mentally sane and not be a cancer to the Texans' locker room, like he was in Pittsburgh, like he was in Oakland, I can basically see this working. What about you? Well, yeah, more more importantly, I mean, when you bring Antonio Brown in, if this happens, like let's put a big if on it, but if it happens, then what you you can do is utilize what you have left on your uh, roster and possibly package players together for Jamal Adams. And so that that would be a twofold like you would knock out two birds with one stone. If you feel like Jamal Adams is worth going out there and get, and if I'm the New York Jets, there's only one receiver on your team that I would like, and that's Will Fuller. The Texans already picked up his uh, fifth-year option at $10.5 million, I believe, so somewhere along that. But that helps the Texans out tremendously because you would now have more trade bait, right? And more importantly – the last time we saw Antonio Brown in a full season, I mean, he dominated. He was an all-pro, I believe, a pro bowler. We just know he dominated. And that was with an aging Big Ben who, you know, they had their off-the-field issues uh, and on-the-field issues that carried over, right? But uh, Antonio Brown has been working out with Deshaun Watson. Everybody loves Deshaun as a person and as a quarterback. If you match him and A.B., I think that would be scarier than him and DeAndre, DeAndre uh, Hopkins. So you, you you get your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, a stellar receiver three or four months after you trade his stellar receiver. You also still have Renner Cobb, Brandon Cooks, um, depending on what you want to do. You have King Steels, you have Will Fuller. You, you have players around now a connection with Antonio Brown and Deshaun Watson, and then you can still use what you have on your roster right now and make a trade for a Jamal Adams if you feel like he is worth out there and he's worth going to get and the Jets feel like you have something that they want uh, just as much. So it knocks out so much if it happens. And, I mean, that's something that, of course, we will continue to look at. Of course we will, right? That's how we go. But if it happens, oh, my gosh, you, you do so much. Like, let's not just look – in tunnel vision land, through tunnel vision lenses, and just see what it'll do offensively. I mean, of course, it'll do th- you know amazing things offensively, but it can really help out the defense because now you have uh, a player that will basically fill the void that you were trying to help fill, right? And then use other players around it to go out there and you know pull the trigger on a trade. Last week when I brought in Michael Palace, host of Believe in Jets, uh, we talked about a potential what could the Texans offer in order to get Jamal Adams. And the best trade he said the Texans can come up with is if you put Will Fuller in with a with a draft pick plus Justin Reed. Now, that was just him talking. Now, I'm pretty sure if the Jets do trade Adams to the Texans, Will Fuller is going to be in there, and that's what an an Antonio Brown signing will do for the Texans. It will open up the door for them. Even if they miss out on the opportunity to trade for Adams, there are still multiple guys that can go out there and trade Fuller or Steals for. But here's my biggest problem 
with the Texans trying to go after Antonio Brown. Everyone knows in that one good game that he had with the Patriots last year, he had a big problem that the Patriots didn't know about, us, we didn't know about, it got leaked. And if he were to sign with not just the Texans, but any team, there is a possibility that he will have to sit out a full year of a suspension because that was part of the reason why the New England Patriots decided to release him to free up an extra roster spot. That's my only concern in, well, that is another concern I have if the Texans bring in Antonio Brown. You can sign him. You can trade Will Fuller or whoever the, or whoever the, or whatever the case might be, but you might be looking at you still have to play a full season without your star receiver on the field. Yeah, there's a lot of aspects of Antonio Brown signing with anybody in the NFL that, you know, it's a very high risk. But you also can get a very high reward, but, you know, that high risk, do you really want to wait for it? If I'm the Texans, am I going to really risk uh, everything that I have right now to f- for the possibility of him playing, and he may not play this year? So I think this is something that we – we will definitely look into for next week's show, kick it off on Monday. And, you know, just let's look at all aspects and areas of what Antonio Brown could do for the Texans, but if he would have an opportunity to play or not. Now, the last thing I know, he was still under investigation. And like you said, this is breaking news, so I'll be able to go and do some research. And we can come back next week and, and discuss the more – we can discuss more of the possibility of him landing here in Houston – uh, hopefully it doesn't happen. But if it does happen over the weekend, then we will definitely have way more to talk about. I'm John Summer Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Follow me or follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Along Along with following us on social media, please be sure to follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify. Please leave a five-star review, and please continue to listen to the show. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.